Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of March 7, 2011. This is episode 95, and I am Chris Bevelo, president of Interval Healthcare Marketing Agency that puts on this podcast. Today, in studio with me are... Jackie Ritaco, account coordinator with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Howdy. Hi. Hey there. Howdy. What's new? Not too much. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I hear that uh, Charlie Sheen set a world record over yes. the weekend or this morning or something. He's in one in day, news. he got a million one followers. Day, a million followers on Twitter in one day. Was that because of that um, segment because that was a, on that craze? Oh, there's been like 2020? 20 segments now. Yeah, he's like, just everywhere. falling off the he's wagon He's on every or what? damn show. He's been on every single It could be network. like the, the best PR campaign ever, though. <laughs> no kidding. Given how much exposure he's gotten. Just for being dirty, essentially, is... Just for being crazy. No, he's crazy. You'll have to read some of his quotes. He's a warlock he's... with the DNA <laughs> of Adonis and tiger blood in and his tiger veins. blood. He, he, he leads a Yeah, he leads a bitchin' rock star life, and he's tired of hiding from it. That was on my resume. He stole that I, from me. <laughs> I saw where they That's asked, how I got hired here. They asked him when he was being interviewed if... Are you on any drugs? And he goes, I'm on the drug Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. <laughs> and you can't, you can't have any because it'll... it'll kill you that's what he said something like that it'll make you dead it'll blow up your brain and you'll die oh man i know that's epic it's great i mean his his, oh, his commentary is so sharp well you know he's always been a kind of a loose cannon i mean that that's his role typically right i mean he's kind of like yeah but this he's kind of pulling his roles aside from yeah, the tv show that he's crazy. been on but if you look at like his past movies like major league is the first that comes to mind those that's 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 who he is in those movies. Well, this is it makes crazy. me think of either Andy Kaufman, which is probably both before your guys' time. I saw that. I saw the movie though. He acted nuts, and he wasn't Jim Carrey. Or more acting. recently, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. That was but an that act, was though. Creepy. That's what I'm saying. It was yeah. an act, and that's what makes me wonder if Charlie Sheen. This whole thing is. I'm just going to be as crazy as I can be. I'm going to get on everywhere. I'm going to get a million Twitter followers in one day. <laughs> I read that where whenever he's in the news or does something crazy. The next week, his episode airs. What is it? Two and a half men. It won't be airing now. And it just skyrockets. Like I actually watched the show like that a week or so ago. Just so it is like such a, train a bad show. It's not that bad. I, it's, I think it's pretty bad, oh, too. But yeah. I, we're in the minority, I think. I yes. guess. There's I guess. funny parts of it. It's so lame, though. It's so... It's so over-the-top sexual and... Well, yeah. that, it's just... I don't know. I it's funny. Yeah. lame. I think it's funny. I don't think it's... I don't it's think I'm it's not the terrible, target demographic, And it's obviously. not great. I used to watch it like on an ongoing basis. I used to TiVo it. That was years ago. Mm-hmm. And then it just got kind of old and stale on the same yeah. thing. But when I watched the other day, partly, mainly because I, I'm like, wow, how's he going to show up? He's, he's fine on the show. He's yeah. funny. I don't know. Maybe it's just the actors that are on there. I don't know. I just don't relate. There's nothing into that in that show that I can relate to. It's I, just so, it seems so lame to me. I do like his brother better than him. No. But See, his brother's I don't like either one his of them. Brother's not I like Charlie funny. Sheen better oh, than yeah. him. Yeah, I like his brother. <laughs> He's, I don't know. He's, uh, he is a likable crazy. He is a likable crazy. You know, I mean, he's a nut job, but All right, we've got some news to get out of the way, and then we're going to – we have one topic. Well, maybe two. One official topic. So first of all, the next issue of our e-newsletter, The Edge, is hitting airwaves Early this week. week. Mm-hmm. Or this week. This yeah, week. That's correct. Yeah, so when this podcast hits, it'll be going out. Uh, and we're featuring something new with it, a, a workshop – that we put together the first of a series we're going to be doing 
Uh, and this one's on mobile web applications and how you can use those mm-hmm. to hit referring physician audiences. Mm-hmm. So if you're not already uh, a recipient of our e-newsletter, you can go to our, our website and on the homepage, uh, you can sign up there uh, and then we'll make sure you get a, <clears throat> you'll get that sent to you. Uh, the second thing is, if you are attending the Healthcare Marketing Strategic Summit, I think that's the official name. It used to be known as the Forum for Healthcare oh, I Strategists. It still was. Okay. Now they changed the name, I believe. Okay. Uh, that's in Orlando at the end of March. And I'm speaking there with Chris Boyer, our good friend and client, mm-hmm. uh, on the Fit for 50 campaign. But Interval is co-sponsoring a reception with uh, National Research Corporation, NRC, who we've done a little work with, called Branding at the Bar. You can't beat Brilliant. that. Brilliant, Branding know. and bar. <laughs> Whiskey and expertise. So that's uh, Monday of the conference, so right in the middle of the conference, uh, right on site at 6.30. So if you're interested, if you're attending and you're interested in going to that, you can email me at chris at thinkinterval.com, and we will get you an invite for that. And then finally, uh, or t- or we're... Tweet the, you. Tweet, what's that? Or tweet you at Interval You could tweet me at Interval Chris. You could call me at 612-672-9842, extension 202. It's hard for me to even give that number out anymore. Nobody uses the phone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, however you want to get a hold of me, let me know, and I'll get you an invite if you're attending that. And then finally, we're looking for a, an intern here mm-hmm. at Interval for the summer, though they could start sooner. Yes. Uh, somebody in college, out of, right out of college, something like that, who's got a desire to work in marketing and or healthcare. Uh, we've got some really neat projects lined up. So if you know anybody who's interested in that or if you're listening to the podcast and you yourself are interested. Yeah. Contact us at info at thinkinterval.com. Send us your resume and all that good stuff. So I think that's it for news. Anything Ew. else? Yeah. Good stuff. Lots new of fun stuff. New going iPad. On. There's my news. What's uh, that? Other than my Charlie Sheen news, there's the, the new, the, iPad. new iPad. New iPad is up. Uh, oh, okay. We're going to save that. <laughs> Let's save that. <laughs> to the end? Uh, or maybe, or maybe not at all. <laughs> I am. I'm just anti tech right now. I'm Luddite. I'm in a Luddite mood. It's everywhere, though. In That's fact, why it's kind of it good to maybe not This talker talk about is it kind of Luddite, anti-tech. Well, kind of. Not really. Uh, but we want, to have, we want to have a really fun conversation about word of mouth. And here's the premise. Are marketers killing word of mouth? So word of mouth is kind of the holy grail for marketing mm-hmm. uh, because it's typically the top driver of consumer behavior. Uh, if consumers are out there looking for input on what to buy, where to go, where to shop, where to eat, uh, they typically trust their friends and family before anything else, and then we'll turn to them. And this is proven true in healthcare. And there was a study from Press Ganey. Uh, I saw an executive speak on this. This is probably five years ago, so I wonder if it's still true. Uh, but they went out and, and surveyed consumers. And when they asked them, you know, where do you turn for information to help you decide where you want to receive care? Uh, their friends and family was top of the list, ahead of your physician's recommendation, ahead of your insurance company, way ahead of hospital or physician advertising, uh, ahead of mm-hmm. third-party you know, recommendations, ratings, rankings, all of that. And it kind of makes sense. Uh, you know, When I had a kid and we were trying to figure out, well, who's our OB going to be? Mm-hmm. The first thing you know we did was talk to people we knew. Who, mm-hmm. Where do right, you go? And that right. kind of thing. 
So that makes sense intuitively. So because of that, marketers are constantly pursuing word of mouth. You know, if if you can drive word of mouth, Mm -hmm. theoretically, the best way to do that is have a good experience. You have a good product, <laughs> right? And the examples worth talking about it'll yeah. be talked about. The examples that we've used in the past are <clears throat> the iPod, which built into a cultural phenomenon before any advertising hit. Mayo Clinic, which became a world leading healthcare brand without any advertising, uh, and Starbucks, which became a phenomenal hit without any advertising. Mm-hmm. All of those three were primarily driven by word of mouth. People had unbelievable experiences and told other people. Uh, But in the pursuit of this holy grail, uh, the question has started to arise in my mind and others as well, you know, in trying to pursue this, Mm -hmm. are are people kind of losing sight of what really drives word of mouth? And by trying to pursue it in different ways, are they actually destroying the power of it? And I've got three exhibits. So this is like a courtroom. (laughs) Exhibit A. Those should be in plastic bags. They're not in plastic bags. I know. Don't fingerprint them. Can I present to the court (laughs) a blog post by Steve Rubel, who's the Senior Vice President and Director of Insights for Edelman uh, Digital, which is a division of Edelman, the world's largest public relations firm. And he has a fantastic blog. That's what Steve Rubel's live stream. Is that where you got it from? Uh, I don't know the name of his blog. Okay, that's his, yeah, something. Is, I think it's his name, Livestream. So Steve Rubel's Livestream. I don't know if that's if that's what this is, but he it's probably writes him. for other yeah. things as well. Yeah. So he wrote a blog post. And we'll provide a link called "A Devaluation of Friends May Be Driving Trust and Thought Leaders." So they do a annual survey uh, on if it says this is the survey question for consumers: If you heard information about a company from one of these people, how credible would that information be? So in 2009, 47, the, the number one answer was uh, academic expert, 62%. Number two was financial industry analyst at 49%. Number three was person like yourself, 47%, uh, and on down the line. In 2011, uh, the person like yourself dropped from 47% to 42%. And so it went from third the third answer, all the way down to one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh on this list. And what was interesting is CEO went up. So part of what they're, they're postulating here is uh, key points. There's been a decline in trust in, quote, a person like myself, unquote, and regular employees, arguably because of overfriending. Uh, and then uh, either coincidentally or uh, causally, that's a word. Trust in credential experts and company technical specialists is soaring. Uh, so more specific, over the last several years, there's been a decline in trust in a person like myself as an answer. It's down 4% in the last 12 months, uh, some 47%. So they trust this group, which is down 68, down from 68% in 2006. So that's a significant drop. That's yeah. a 50, well, if it was 68 and went to 47, that's roughly a third uh, an analysis. I believe the reason for this is that as more of us join social networks, there's been a devaluation in the entire concept of friendship. And then in a separate survey, uh, people said that, let's see, a separate survey found that people don't know 20% of their Facebook friends. That's hilarious. So that's exhibit... <laughs> don't know what? Right? That's exhibit uh, that A, social media. Uh, because the more that we are friending <clears throat> and tapping into to, uh, our friends and family, 
it's kind of diluting the power of that. Right. Whereas before that was a limited experience. We put more weight into it. Now we've got thousands of inputs. It's harder to put weight into it. Plus we don't know what's behind all of these. And that goes into the second uh, part of this. Interesting. There was an article in business week in February called house parties with a commercial twist. I'm going to read this cause I like the, I like the house <laughs> party they pick on January 29, six women converged in a brick single story home in Franklin park, Illinois, a working-class town about 14 miles northwest of downtown Chicago. As the temperature outside dipped below freezing, hostess Melanie Lindsay, 28, urged her guests to sample the Moscato white wine, savor the chocolate-dipped macaroons and bowls of candy, and enjoy the party favors, an array of Durex condoms and lubricants. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. That night, Durex sponsored some 5,000 condom bashes around the U.S. called Durex Girl Talk House Party, Valentine's Day edition. They were actually organized by the marketing firm House Party, which specializes in home product shindigs, a tried-and-true marketing strategy that dates back generations. Later on, it says, corporate clients are willing to pay House Party an average of $250,000 for 2,000 parties because the company's staff uses such criteria as age, ethnicity, and breed of family dog to select the host best suited to talking up a certain product or brand. That level of targeting is nirvana for those pitching consumer products, but often tough to achieve using conventional marketing. So the point here is that they find the women who are most connected, mm-hmm. and depending on what product you're selling, most the best demographic, psychographic fit, and then they bring their friends in for these products. But again, that goes to diluting that power of word of mouth because now if, this, if my neighbor is somebody I trust – because right. I trust them because they're my friend or my neighbor, and this is why they're recommending something. Yep. That trust is bound to go down if that person is now recommending something because they're a shill for some company. Right. Uh, which brings us to Tremor. Tremor is exhibit C. A bad movie with uh... Tremor is a great <laughs> yeah. movie. Who is it? Kevin Bacon. Ray Roy, somebody. I guess it wasn't. It's kind of, it kind of became a cult classic, yeah. I think, after a while. It's good. Yeah. Not that tremor. You know, I'm, I'm that was thinking, tremors. I'm thinking of the sequel. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. And I think that one had some sequels. Which, you're thinking of a different tremor? No, I think, it was tr- I think the movie is Tremors, the not sequel? Tremor. No, oh, okay. the original. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is completely different because it's Tremor. <laughs> tremor is the word-of-mouth marketing organization developed by Procter & Gamble that combines P&G's wide-ranging marketing expertise with key learnings from cognitive science, blah, blah, blah. The point of this is... Um, that they try to, they do a lot of research about what's going to move consumers, develop disruptive messages, and then it says the disruptive message serves as a discussion trigger to launch consumer advocacy through a network of more than 500,000 highly connected moms. So this is somewhat controversial hmm. because they're basically, in the beginning, I think they tried to pay these folks. Now I'm not sure they pay them outright, though I think there's incentives. It's got to be something, yeah. Um, but but it's it's one step away from Amway. Right. And I'll never forget the experience of one of a good friend of mine in college uh, who I kind of lost track of after college. And they called me, like, oh, no. call me like two years later, and he's like, hey, me and my friend are starting a business venture, and you know we know that you're out there and what you're doing, and we'd love you know, to talk to you about this. And I was like, hey, this is really cool. <laughs> and it was Amway. And then it wasn't Amway, but it but was some other networked BS. Same thing, yeah. And then when I tried to say no, it was brutal. Well, why would you say no? You haven't even heard the How opportunity. And, and I went, yes, ick. <laughs> so, so all of these are exhibits as to 
Is it possible that in the pursuit of word of mouth marketing, marketers are actually killing the goose that laid the golden egg? Discuss. Why well, blow my nose? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, none of that is necessarily new. No, the pyramid schemes have been around forever. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't see anything new in a lot of that. So it's not like it's a new. It's not like it's an upcoming trend or something that's just starting to happen. Is it getting worse? I guess social media could be making it worse, but what's new about yeah, it? Yeah, I, I think what's new is social media. The difference in the, in the yeah. Amway stuff is that that's explicit. You know that that person is trying to say right. it. And maybe initially you don't. Right. Um, but a lot of the social media things, whether it's Tremor, uh, whether it's these house parties, it's it's not necessarily explicit that the these parties people are, I mean, are... The parties aren't new either. I mean, there's... Yeah, no, Mary, they're not. Mary Kay and Tupperware parties. Those things have been happening since before I was new. Right. They're not. A gleam in my father's eye. <laughs> Maybe he should have had a direct contact. <laughs> yeah. Then he wouldn't even be a gleam. Nice. No, you're right. That's not new. Right. But I think what, what, what's bringing this to the <clears throat> forefront is social media may be a tipping point in moving people to say, well, maybe I can't trust my family and friends, or maybe yeah. who I trust shrinks so yeah, low that you, know, li- you, you limit your network of people, which defeats the purpose of but word of know, mouth. But I just, I just ignore, like I've got, I don't know, I've got like maybe 250 quote unquote friends on Facebook. I would say maybe a couple dozen of those, you know, including family and my actual close friends are friends. Everyone else is like, acquaintances right. from high school if they put something up i'm going to ignore it i'm not going to listen it's not going to it's not going to even well, it's like maybe. it's like it's like a billboard that was up that i saw i passed by it and i didn't think twice about it because it was just one of those things passing in the day it's one of those messages that bounced right off of me um maybe i absorbed a little bit of it because i mean that's studies show that we do absorb some of that branding and stuff so I'll, if somebody posts something on facebook yeah maybe i'll absorb it because i glimpsed i, I glanced at it and saw it but it's not like i'm taking it's not like I'm looking at that as some word of mouth recommendation that I trust because I don't even really know 200 of my, of my, as I said, quote unquote friends right. that are on there. So I'm not, to me, that's not something that I trust anyway. It's not, it okay. doesn't dilute good, true word of mouth, which only comes from the two dozen who I actually value the voices of, but, so I, that, but that's me. But I feel like if someone took the time, even though I wasn't a close friend of theirs to post something Related to maybe a question I put out on Facebook. Well, if it's a question you I put would. out, yeah. Sure. yeah, or you know, comment and referred something. Yeah, but if it's just some random crap they post on their wall about their about whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah I see people. I mean, if they're I responding see... directly to me to something I posted, then maybe yeah, maybe then I'll take a look at whatever they're. But but posting if but how do you know they're not incented to put that there? Yeah, I don't. But they've already they've it. already qualified themselves on some level to be. It's not like they're a random. I'll straight up random. That's the problem. Right? No, I know, but I'm saying that I don't necessarily put myself out on Facebook in a way that encourages people to promote products to me. So maybe that's maybe other people do. They do, though. I think a lot of people. I see people post stuff all the time. You know, what do you recommend for a uh, whatever? I've even you seen fill in the product or service, and then people say, "Oh, you should do this or that." And and I think mm-hmm. most of those are not people that are incented to say that. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I generally believe that they're not. I mean, I've seen people post for healthcare reference or you know yeah but i mean what's what's wrong with the what doctor would you recommend why so why exactly is that feedback to be devalued so if i posted and like 
Here's an example. I actually did post something, I think, a couple weeks ago. is about a diet. It's about the paleo diet, if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. It's short for paleolithic, but basically it's a diet where you eat what was available to cavemen, for the most part, meat, mm. berries and stuff. It would, it would exclude dairy. It would exclude like <laughs> breads because cavemen weren't Boring. milking anything and they cavemen weren't Cavemen had life bread. expectancies of 23 Well, years that old. wasn't necessarily because of their diet. They were getting eaten by whatever. <laughs> Okay. I'm sure their diet played a role, but yeah. obviously they don't have mo- without modern <laughs> healthcare. Without modern healthcare, your life care expectancy is going to be or your life expectancy is going to be short. Um, so I don't think we can attribute that exclusively no, to their diet enough. because people today are on this paleo diet and they talk about how their lives are. They have more, much more energy in their lives. So anyway, some podcasters who I listen to talk about this on a regular basis because some of them one even has a podcast about it, which I, I don't listen to that. But he references it often. So anyway, I asked for feedback on it if anyone is familiar with it. Um, if somebody would have posted, I, I've, I haven't tried that one, but I've tried this one and I had good results with it. How is, that's not bad. Even if it's somebody I hardly know. It's not bad if you trust that they're not incented to do that. That's the point of all this is that people are out there incenting people to say those sure. things, yeah. which, which is trying to drive word of mouth, which the very active, I mean, to me, word of mouth is all about trust. It's all about trust. The only power of word of mouth is that you trust that person. That's why it's at the top of the list. I trust my family more than even my doctor, my insurance company, mm-hmm. somebody's trying to right. market that, to me. That two dozen people right. or whatever. Right. So as soon as that trust is broken by these people? Yeah. But obviously by, by I'm these, a, these efforts, then again, it though, destroys I'm gonna, it. If, if one of those people on the, in that, that my list of two dozen responds to my post, as my sister did, because she's a biology major and going to be a dietitian, And she was like, well, that's actually going to probably not be very good for you. And I said, well, is it better than a diet of Taco Bell and Java Monster? Because that's what I have now. <laughs> <laughs> she she said, said, yes, yes. it's probably better than that. <laughs> um, so, you know, so she responded, and obviously I value what she has yeah, to that's say. Fine. And she was the only one who I gave any merit to in the responses. I don't think there were very many. Other people were like, mm, Bron- Brontosaurus Burger or something. Those were the other responses I got. Nothing of value. Okay, well, then maybe it's better to say... I think a lot of people see social media and the connectedness as an opportunity like, wow, now that people are connected to 300 people on Facebook and 1,000 people on Twitter, the the opportunity is now exponentially increased to use word-of-mouth marketing. No, I agree with that. And maybe what you're saying is, no, it's really not because beyond those core people I trust – I'm not going to take the advice of the extended network no matter how big it may be. Right, but – to your point and to the point uh, to this to the credit of the this article and this author um those messages still could they'll they'll pass my field of vision if i'm scrolling through my facebook wall or if somebody does respond to something and they happen mm-hmm. to be in my social circle so even if i don't give the much credit to what that person posted um it's still going to pass my eyes i'm still going to see it to some extent so i may not be uh, absorbing myself in it but i did see it so that counts for something mm-hmm. in the world of how much marketing. I'm not a big follower of blogs, to be honest. I, I'm a follower of healthcare marketing blogs, but not a lot of consumer blogs. A lot of you know, no mommy mm-hmm. blogs. No, I, fo- yeah, I follow trade specific blogs. That's how much do you think? Pretty much because this was a big deal when blogs first came out. How much do you think the issue of bloggers not being transparent about how they make money? Is still out there. The bloggers I follow are very transparent about it because some of them are, that's what they do. It's part of their income and they actually have sponsorships and they're very transparent about when they talk about products. Right. They'll say, this is, right. if it's somebody who has sponsored them, 
they'll specifically call that out because they don't want to be caught. They want it. They, they value, they want to be honest. They yeah. value their reputation. Right. And if, and getting called on that is going to totally discredit them Yeah, in that. Now they're done in that. Yeah. They're out there finding a new, new line of work. Um, the people I follow are already of that mindset. Um, they'll promote products and services that they like that, mm-hmm. that don't promote it. And they'll, they'll sometimes they'll even say, you know, this is not a sponsor. I just love this product and I think you should check it out. And other times when there is a sponsor, it'll like specifically be called out in their headline, whether it's like a little thing in brackets before the title sponsored link or sponsor mention mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that. my experience, but that's not to say there aren't slime balls out there who are doing the yeah. opposite who are talking about something as if they love it when in fact they probably don't love it and are getting paid to talk about it. Mm-hmm. All these 500,000 mom advocates. Right, right. I mean, that's a half a million people. You know, it, it would seem to me that if it was something that part of it is the context. I mean, if somebody's out there raving about chicken noodle soup, is anybody buying that? Is anybody going, wow, you know, if somebody posts somewhere, I just had some fantastic Swanson's chicken noodle soup. You ought to try it. <laughs> Would people fall for that? I don't know. Maybe. What? Oh, you're, you might be thumping your microphone. If oh, am I? He's drumming with his microphone? I'm sitting here trying to hand gesture to sign language to Chris to stop whacking his microphone. I'm wondering what that was. I'm trying to think of examples of where I've seen that in Facebook. Don't you think it's more how many times you're hit with that message? Rather, you know, like if you see three moms post in different areas that they like the soup, then maybe you'll start paying attention. And it's I would less just be of, so it would, that it would depends. make me even more yeah, suspicious, especially if they're well, saying not, the soup's same thing. Soup's a bad example. Well, well that's what I mean. But Procter and Gamble, I guess they're not yeah, food. If they're, but, but if they're if they're like talking about it in exactly the same way, it's then I'm kind of like, um, huh? Yeah, that, soap or whatever. I mean, all of a sudden, well, yeah, it's not doesn't sound unique to you anymore because when, when people are sharing personal experiences, it should sound unique to them this is why i love it so if three people all of a sudden are i don't know i'm assuming that they're putting it out in more unique ways than just well, saying would, i love I, this would, chicken noodle soup you well, should try it but i don't know i know i mean i, mean, I wonder how, how they're getting out there this way how does procter and gamble use this for tide are moms sit, sitting around talking about well let me tell you about you my laundry detergent and not i don't think i would be <laughs> you probably i don't think be. they're talking about tide you know i other things, sure, but that's just part, so, of, a, part of a, a larger conversation. Maybe that's a bad example, but I will see like moms on Facebook or people who really, you know, have a lot of time will ask for recommendations on stuff like that, or they'll. I mean, not to oh, say yeah, these yeah. mommy bloggers are necessarily. Well, and if that's a, I mean, in and amongst and the people you know, but be, I mean, if if they must be laundry is a significant part of some people's lives, and that's not to belittle. <laughs> That's not to belittle what you know, being a stay-at-home mom or dad or anything. You know, sometimes that is significant. Or do you have a recommendation on a washer and dryer? We need to purchase new ones or things like that. I don't know. Well, there's, we you know we should have pulled up the word of mouth marketing association, WOMA, because I think this is like <laughs> a national trade association, and they they have some real clear ethical guidelines. WOMA, WOMA. <laughs> she, she broke my heart. What is this? She stole my heart and my hat. Cat. Okay. Hat. <laughs> so there's obviously, I mean, is there a line between obviously incenting people, I think, is crossing the line. Yeah. What about just trying to influence them? I mean, there are hospitals that are trying to influence the mommy bloggers. Mm-hmm. Well, and I guess it depends on the definition of incent. Um, if somebody 
or is to give me like I'm going to give you three months of this product for free. That, yeah, that's is that. But what what is what if it's not under the implication that I have to talk positively about it? They're just giving it to me, saying well, if you. But they also say if you like it, we would love you to leverage your social networks to talk See, about it. I think that that's I think that that's right. The smack in the gray area. If people are paid to do it outright paid yeah, or incented by the number of people they bring in, however that might work. That to me is bad. If you're just trying to send them information and say, Hey, you should check this out. Um, we really think there's something good here. I don't know that that's just marketing and advertising to a specific audience. I don't know that that's untoward necessarily. Right. What yeah. you're talking about is it's still it is almost great. a paid incentive. I mean, the whole point of giving something free is because we all know psychologically that when folks get that, they feel obligated. Right. And so they're much more likely to use it and say something positive about it. Now, if they disclose that, then it's up, you know, kind of buyer beware to say, well, just so you know, I was provided free diapers for a month by Pampers and I tried them and yeah. I found them yeah. to be really good. Then, then at least it's disclosed. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I get 50 people to sign up for this i'll get three more months of diapers line up that would not be good <laughs> yeah so i don't know I, I don't know that there's anything wrong with the hospital going out and and if there's influential mommy bloggers in their community you know saying hey we we, we think you should check this out we've done something new mm-hmm. um i just think it's important for if the influencers aren't transparent then i think you can hold the the companies behind it a little yeah. liable for that yeah. because yeah. they should, they should be clear about that. It's a gray area. Yeah. It's gray. It shouldn't be gray though. I don't know, but I just wonder overall if, you know, I think Adam, your point is good. You know, these house parties have been around for years. Amway has been around for years. Uh, even this Procter and Gamble thing started in the early 2000s. It's been around for a decade. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? The bottom line though, too, is if you, you can, you can pay someone to prom- in a slammy way, promote your product, you know, you're doing it being sneaky. But if in the end you have a crappy product and the people who are trying it beyond that person, it's kind of like healthcare marketing in a sense where you've got hospitals who want to put out this message saying we're the greatest or we need to increase volume. So we're going to say we're the greatest at this. And then you get customers and your patients in and you have a crappy experience. You've done yourself more harm than good, most likely now, because yeah. they're going to go out and talk about how crappy their experience was. Right. More so now than anybody who thought it was good if there are any. Um, so in this case, you've got one person who's paid to talk about a product. If the product sucks and now they've got a bunch of people who try it, now you've got a bunch of people who tried your product and think it sucks and now they're going to talk about how it sucks. So I mean, that could really come back and bite you in the butt. If you've got a good product and those people are like, eh, it's, it's, it's as good as what I was using mm-hmm. or it actually this is good, then I don't know. I mean, bottom line is we're all, we're, all respons- we're all personally responsible for what we buy or who we listen to i mean it, it, can, yes as long as we're giving the proper information as long as you know somebody who's claiming to say something in an authentic way isn't lying to us if we don't mm-hmm. know that we don't well, you we, know. we don't know that but we chose to listen to that person i mean if it's somebody that you well that's like blaming somebody for being lied to it's your fault you were lied to because you trusted the person I mean, if you trust somebody and they're lying to you, how's that your fault? Well, that's a good point. But <laughs> I mean, the, the, the point is the people that you trust most likely wouldn't. And I think that's, I think that's a yeah. great way to think about it is that 
just because we have this explosion in connectedness doesn't mean now people are handing out trust mm-hmm. in the same volumes. Right. They just don't. It right. almost gives new meaning to friends, like who your true. F- well, I mean, it helps you helps you define what a what yeah. your what your close yeah. circle I mean, is. That's yeah. for sure. Facebook created this notion of friends, which you know you could have a thousand of them. And it's just kind of yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, at least for me, it, it didn't read. It certainly didn't redefine what a friend is because, like well, I no. said, the vast majority of people in my quote-unquote friends list are not. I don't want to say they're not friends, but they're not. They're not close friends. Right? But it's just it's just expanded. It, you know, I mean, Facebook took that to a whole new level, and so the the amount of people you trust is just maybe shrinking. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. That, that could be if that's the if that's what's happening. That does that is starting to limit the power of word of mouth because mm-hmm. it's actually, instead of increasing the ability to spread that, it's locking it in. Mm-hmm. It's locking those networks down so that the word oh, of I mouth think. is only going to spread in a short way uh, and it's going to take longer. You know, the mm-hmm. annoying thing too on that note I is know. I do have, there are people in my immediate circle who have gotten themselves into those pyramid scheme type things mm-hmm. um, and having to having to see their crap on Facebook is annoying because I'm not someone they would probably would have approached with their... Arbon or Mary Kay or whatever. Tastefully simple. Tastefully simple. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Or, I'm not somebody they probably would have approached with that everywhere. stuff anyway, but yet now I'm seeing, now somebody I trust, yeah. I have to sit through their crap. And it's like, oh, thanks for that. Send me a picture of your dog and how fun your weekend was. Don't try to sell me your <laughs> bread mix. <laughs> All right. So I wonder if anybody else has any thoughts on this they could share. I just think it's an interesting concept. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How are we doing on time? We're, we're there. We're at about 34 minutes. We're at 34 minutes? Mm-hmm. Dang. Well, we can't talk about the Oscars. Two words, they sucked. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah, they were not good. Worst ever. Another two words, worst ever. I don't ever watch them, so I couldn't the even say they're the worst one, ever. The King's Speech one, Did you guys see it? Yeah, I thought that was a good movie. I thought it was pretty good, too. Uh-oh. And I like Colin Firth. The police are coming to stop our podcast. Yeah, we have gotten yeah. too long. <laughs> Busted. We've gotten too We've broken all podcast laws. All right, we better sign off then. Yep. For Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards, this is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Ritaco. Adam Meyer. I'm going to have to edit every tap out. Woo! <laughs> Party in the podcast room. <laughs> Talk to you next time. Later. <laughs>